Welcome to Journey Life Together, a self-improvement podcast. I'm your host, Roland, a clinical counsellor, marriage and family therapist, and also a relationship coach. Allow me to be your guide to Journey Life Together. This podcast is about learning how to thrive in adversity. We will cover a variety of topics relating to self-improvement, ranging from emotional wellness to relationship management and more. If you value self-growth, this podcast is for you. This is a space we hope you'll find inspiration and encouragement along with practical tips and handles that will help you accelerate your growth journey through the different seasons in life. If you're ready, let's count down together on 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1. Let's take a deep breath in from your nose and exhale from your mouth. Let's begin this journey. Hello and welcome to episode 6 on the gift of food. Yes, today's topic is about food, F-O-O-D, not F-O-O-T. Would you agree that food is one of the greatest gifts in life? Well, the other gifts I've covered so far from the previous episodes are free. But food is not, unless some of you grow your own crops. Yet, like the other gifts, Food is universally essential and important. We all need food to survive. Yet today, I believe food is more than just a survival necessity. For different people, food can have a different meaning. For some, food is enjoyment. It can also be the purpose of why we gather because food is often an integral part of any celebration. Picture a wedding without any food served, that seemed to make the celebration incomplete. Would you agree that food can also be a form of escape from a certain difficult reality or situation? Are there food that help you feel better? Perhaps that's why there's a common term called comfort food. And what is your comfort food? What food brings comfort when you're physically ill? Or what food do you turn to when you're feeling stressed mentally or emotionally tired? I wonder if you will agree that food is closely knitted with how we feel. And I wonder if you're aware or mindful about your relationship between food and your mood. So are you in the mood for food? How does food make you feel? Are there different kind of food for different mood? I'm just curious. Imagine your favorite food now plated before you. How do you feel picturing how it looks? And as you imagine how it smells and its taste, what is the texture? As you're trying to take it all in right now and imagining the food is just plated before you, how do you feel? 
food not only evokes feeling, it also elicits memory. One of my favourite food is the Peking roast duck. It is served with the crispy part of the duck skin when roasted to perfection. It is a cuisine you can find in many parts of the world, but its origins is from China's capital, Beijing, which is why it's called Peking roast duck. This food brought back a lot of joy and also memory. One of them was in the winter, it's around Christmas period, when I was visiting my friend. It was very cold and she brought me and my wife to the restaurant and we were gathering together. Such a cold weather out there. As we savor this authentic version of the Peking duck right from the heart of Beijing. It has been the best version so far. But yet not only because of the food, but because of the company and the friendship. It brings back endearing memories. I wonder if you have heard about this term called food memory. I did not come up with this concept. You can search the internet to learn more about this. Here's what I found as I prepare today's podcast. Susan Whitbourne, a professor of uh, psychological and brain science at the University of Massachusetts explains that food memories are more sensory than other memories in which they involve all the five senses. It involves the non-verbal areas of our brain that can bypass our conscious awareness. That is why we can have very strong emotional reactions when we eat a food that rouses those deep unconscious memories. We can't often put those memories into words, but you know there's something that just triggers a deep part within us of our past. And this memory goes beyond the food itself to the associations we have to that long ago memory, whether with a place or a person. Psychologists and neuroscientists Hadley Storm adds in an article from HuffPost.com that taste memories tend to be the strongest of associative memories that one can make. Are you able to observe the association that you make with different types of food that you are eating? And as memories surfaces along with it, what mood did you observe? We can observe different feelings as we are eating different types of food. What about this food, or rather a fruit called durian? Do you enjoy durian? Well, durian is a unique tropical fruit the most popular in Southeast Asia is also nicknamed the king of fruits. Many of my friends love durians. Durian is high in nutrients and it's also given itself a bad rap due to its strong smell. So it's an acquired taste and smell. For some, we just love durians. For others, like myself, I'm not a fan of durian since young. Don't ask why. I just feel nauseous merely from the smell. So for me, durian evokes an unpleasant feeling. What about you? I'm sharing this because we have different feelings attached or 
associated with different types of food. Question to all of you is that what are some associations you may have made with some of the following list of food I will share? Fried chicken, garden salad, ice cream, yogurt, coffee, tea, potato chips, cereal, and here's a peculiar one, kimchi versus sushi. But the list can go on, but are you able to pinpoint how do you feel as I shared the different types of food? Which of these food evokes an excitable feelings? For instance, broccoli or tomato? Caesar salad or perhaps a Korean fried chicken? Which do you crave more or which do you crave the most? And the bigger question is, when do you crave for this food? An article from the American Psychological Association reveals the connections between stress and food. Research shows that people tend to seek high-calorie and high-fat foods during periods of stress. Based on the research finding, many adults report engaging in unhealthy eating habits as a result of stress, saying that these behaviours lead to undesirable consequences such as feeling sluggish or lazy or feeling bad about their bodies. Around 33% of adults who report overeating or eating unhealthy food says that they do so because it helps to distract them from stress. Is this someone you? Another 30% of adults report skipping a meal due to stress. Majority skip meals because due to a lack of appetite or simply because they do not have time to eat. Is this someone you? Many psychological professionals see a strong link between self-esteem and nutrition, says Shirley Kaplan, a psychologist affiliated with the American Nutrition Association. Unhealthy eating habits can hinder brain function and cause reduced self-esteem as a result of foggy thinking, mood swings, and confusion. Poor body image is a common byproduct of overeating, particularly when it causes undesirable weight gain. Would you agree with what this article is saying? Uh, it suggests that to improve appetite and weight control, brain function and the way you perceive yourself. One of the aim is to achieve a balanced, calorie-appropriate diet based on healthy food. But I'm not a nutritionist or a dietitian. I'm a clinical counsellor. This is not my expertise. But an important question for all of us to ponder as I'm sharing on the topic of food is that as you are eating, are you feeding your mood? Or are you feeding your body? I say again, are you feeding your mood? Or are you feeding your body? I don't think there's a perfect answer to this question because we may have different lifestyles and eating habits based on our differing cultures or our values. But one thing to note or to be mindful of is it gets too extreme if we strive to eat just solely to feed our body. In so, might we have lost the joy of food? 
Yet, on the other extreme, when we use food to feed our mood, when the way we eat is solely dependent on our mood, and if done so in a way that we ignore what our body needs, it can develop into unhealthy eating habits, leading to disharmony to our well-being. Balance and harmony are not merely relevant to well-being, but a golden thread running through its myriad dimensions of well-being. This is from another article from Psychology Today on why are balance and harmony so vital for well-being. I love how this article put forth the different types of balance that we need, a lifestyle balance, between work and other activities in life, an energy balance relating to the optimal balance of rest and activity, an exercise balance and harmony relating to whether we overexert or we underexert, that means we don't do any exercise at all, an effect balance and optimum ratio of positive to negative effect. We not only want to have positive emotions all of the time, we need to also learn to manage the difficult or unpleasant emotions. And last but not least, it also covers on dietary balance and harmony to avoid under or over eating on a particular food and having an overall harmonious blend of nutritional elements. Dear friends, let's learn to look after ourselves holistically. I think this is very important. And to harness the gift of food is seemingly simple and commonsensical. But yet, my, my assumption is this, that Perhaps we are not all very attuned, at least I'm not in my early journey in life. I'm not attuned to what I'm eating. I'm just eating to what I feel like. And lately I've been more aware and I've been more attuned. And this is important and I hope to encourage a certain kind of awareness that you can develop between food and your mood. So in doing so, you are also aware of what your body needs. I have some suggestions for you to take away before we end the episode. Number one is to think about this word intention. Do you feel that there's a need for change in the way that you harness the gift of food? To put it simply across the way you eat. It feels good to eat healthy. It feels good to have a healthy body and mind but it's not often the reality for some of us who are working in a high-strung and very stressful environment. So what change would you want to see in the way that you eat? The second word is control. Now with a certain purpose that you set an intention of uh, you like to see a more healthy lifestyle and the way you eat, you like to change your certain eating habits now, control is important. What are some of the food that are not so healthy that will tempt you? And maybe if you are honest enough, what is left in your pantry cabinet? Are there things that you are stocking up way too much? Perhaps it's time to stop stocking up those things and replace it with a little bit more healthy snacks and food that makes you feel a little bit better but in a healthy way. Control, this is the second word. The third word I will leave behind to you is actions. To try new actions, to try new things, try new recipe, 
try new food choices, sometimes healthy food can be enjoyable. Certain food stimulate us like caffeine or perhaps when you are eating very spicy food or very strong and flavorful food, it excites us. Also learn to appreciate food that uh, brings us to feel soothed and calm, drinking a cup of tea, drinking some soup. I think food choices are preference, but really I just encourage try cooking new recipe, try new eating habits. My honest confession is I really don't like tomato, but lately I've been trying to enjoy it by just finding different ways to cook tomato so that I can enjoy this. Well, there are more things that you can try and I hope these three words help you. I repeat again, intention, control and action, ICA in short. Give it a try and let me know how it works for you. And the last thing to leave behind for you is next time, should you feel stressed, fight the instinct to hit the snack corner, try to hit the gym, try to play some music and get your body grooving to the beat, head outdoors, enjoy a good workout. And in doing so, I hope you learn to build resilience to overcome the stress that you face in your everyday journey. In all things, I think um, eating in moderation is important, having that harmony and balance is important. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode on the gift of food. I certainly enjoy sharing on this topic of food. I am passionate about food and I love to enjoy good food. Well, I hope you will continue to harness the gift of food along with other gifts that I will share in the upcoming gift series. If you have not subscribed to our channel, please remember to do so so you get our latest channel updates. Also, please help us to share this channel with those around you that you feel will benefit from our content. And as always, I thank you for your support and look forward to see you in our next episode. As again, before I conclude today's episode, here's a quick note of disclaimer. The views, expressions and suggestions brought up in this episode are meant for educational and informational purposes only. It is not intended to nor should it serve as a substitute for medical advice rendered to you by your doctor, your therapist or other healthcare professionals. When in doubt, always seek the advice from your individual doctor, therapist or other healthcare professionals with the questions or concerns you would have in regards to the particular situation, challenges or conditions you may be facing that you came to be aware of while listening to this episode. Once again, I wish you well and I look forward to connect with you again in our next episode of Journey Life Together. Take care and see you. Bye-bye.